Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome to End Credits here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. I'm your host, Adam A. Donaldson, and joining me today is... I'm Candice Lapash. Candice, had any good meals lately? <laughs> um, yeah, actually, I've, I've cooked at home a few days and so my fridge is actually full of food for me to eat. So uh, I keep having to remind myself that when I think maybe I should go out and grab something to eat. And I'm like, no, no, eat what you've already made, Candice. Mm-hmm. And, and do each of your dishes have a specific anthropological and historical backstory? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Let me think about that. No. Hmm. Well, it sounds like you're only half living if uh, the, the the performative nature of uh, cuisine is to be believed in our movie this week. Well, to be fair, um, two of the three things I have cooked in, in my fridge right now are literal recipes from when I owned my own food store and I cooked food and prepared it and served it to people. So there you go. All right. Living the dream. Um, where, what are we doing here? End Credits is a local movie show for local movie fans. We're here every Wednesday at 3 p.m. to talk the latest in pop culture and review the m- newest movies, which this week will be the new horror dark comedy, The Menu, which you can now stream on Disney Plus or you can rent from any of the VOD platforms. Uh, our little spiel there at the beginning was uh, a hint about uh, that, that the menu being the movie of the week. Um, <laughs> A lot of those. Uh, before getting into that, though, we thought it would be fun, albeit obvious. I was hoping Candace might have a better idea about what to do in the first half of the show, but that went boink. Um, <laughs> I'm just the talent. You're the that's you're the, the producer, talent. man. You come up with the content ideas. <laughs> that's that's fair. So we're going to talk about other movies we like that are about food or food centric or about eating or about restaurants. Uh, surprisingly interesting field of movies. So uh, I'm very interested to see where our lists go. Well, I know where my list goes. But I don't know where Candace's <laughs> list is going to go, but uh, I'm going to start learning, and we all are right now, when Candace gives us her first choice for movies about food. Yeah, I feel like my list is pretty straightforward. Um, but I will say, uh, I I will not do any Hallmark movies, despite the fact that <sighs> I joked I joked about it when you suggested threats food were movies. Issued. Threats were issued. Yeah, yeah. I will give just a, just <laughs> the slightest thing. So there was a movie came out a few years ago called "You're Baking Me Crazy," which mm-hmm. is an amazing movie title and should be seen for that title alone. And that's probably the best thing about the movie competing food trucks that sort of thing but hallmark does the food category the like cooking category on hallmark actually is probably one of my favorite of the subgenres of hallmark movies let me just read let me just <laughs> let me just read the um synopsis on imdb cleo morelli an aspiring portland chef tries to win a food comp- competition food truck competition while the competition tries to win her heart Apparently, based on a book by Susan Nelson. Yes, many of them are based on books because Hallmark does put out a lot of books. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that. There's a, you know. So, so, so it's a Ponzi scheme. Uh, sure. I mean, <laughs> what's wrong with you creating content about your own content? It's fine. Um, anyways, that's it for Hallmark. I do have some legitimate movies that are actually okay. um, things that people may want to see. 
Mm -hmm. So um, we'll get the obvious cannibalism out of the way first. Mm -hmm. Um, And this movie is only kind of nominally about food, though heavily about cannibalism, and that's delicatessen, Mm -hmm. which to me is just just like someone says a movie about food and I say delicatessen, like period. That's it. I don't even have to think or breathe. Delicatessen is it. Um, the bookshelf uh, here in Guelph, the cinema used to play this film every year uh, throughout my high school years. I saw it every year. It was so good. It's a post-apocalyptic future. It's a French film in France. Post-apocalyptic future where protein sources are kind of... Uh, there's not really many of them, but yet people are still heavily wanting to eat meat. And so certain people start doing a little underground butchering of of humans. And uh, a butcher owns an apartment building. He has the butcher shop on the main floor. And he brings in tenants specifically so that he can kill them and then sell their food. Mm-hmm. This is actually a love story believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, just a, a great love story where the person who's brought in to be the next uh, meal, um, not only a love story between himself and and one of the women tenants, in fact, the butcher's daughter, um, sounds a lot like a Hallmark movie, actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not so much. Um, but also just sort of makes this impression on everybody in the building because he's just so darn nice. Mm-hmm. Um and uh yeah things things don't go quite the way anybody suspects in this film. What's really interesting about this film is that when it was made it was sort of made as a um a, the way that sci-fi movies sort of are it was actually made as a a comment on the German occupation of France during the war. Because there's a there's also a resistance movement in this film of vegetarians, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think now as we're like thirty years on or or so, I'm like you can actually take it 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 could it's a much more literal film now. Um, not that we're into cannibalism, but I think that <laughs> yeah. the things the things <laughs> that we as humans are doing to continue the lifestyle. Of, of a meat eater, whether we're eating mm. meat or not, I would say, but the lifestyle that that we had, the things that we're continuing to do to to keep that lifestyle is sacrificing a lot of people mm. and uh, making a, a worse society, I think. Mm-hmm. Not the last time that uh, director Jean-Pierre Genet would, uh, or Genet, uh, I butchered his name, Jean-Pierre Genet, um, would revisit the topic of eating people because he did that a couple of years later with Alien Resurrection. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, okay, I'll get my cannibalism pick out of the way because there was there, there were a lot of options, uh, but I figure you can't do uh, a movie uh, a movie list about eating, and I mean this isn't a movie list about eating people, but we've gone that way. <laughs> but, <laughs> you can't combine those two things without having a Hannibal Lecter pick, and. There's no people eating in either Silence of the Lambs or Red Dragon or uh, the, the initial adaption of Red Dragon Manhunter. Uh, Hannibal Lecter wasn't the main character in either of those movies. He is the main character, however, in Hannibal, which is the sequel to Silence of the Lambs, 
Um, it was directed by Ridley Scott. Um, it, the movie, I confess, is not as great as either Manhunter or Silence of the Lambs. Um, it is very well made. Anthony Hopkins is clearly having a great time as uh, this sort of Hannibal Lecter free about the world. And, you know, it, it, there's a lot of c- comparisons to the menu in this where it's a lot about the vagaries and, and facade of, you know, high society and, and high dining and it's uh and Hannibal is taking part of that too and if you know about the history of, of the Hannibal Lecter character and uh you know how he, he kind of came to embrace cannibalism and, and his origin story you can sort of see a lot of those like he's he's ingratiating himself on on high society although he doesn't come from that background here he is in Florence selling himself as like an art curator and art historian uh just trying to go about his life and then this guy one of his previous victims one of the few he left alive Mason Verger is putting a bounty on him so that he may finally get his revenge on Hannibal by feeding Hannibal Lecter to pigs (laughs) man-eating pigs so there are multiple levels to this feeding the cannibal two pigs um mason verger of course uh for people who may not know about that character or his backstory hannibal lecter uh attacks him um by getting him high and then suggesting that mason verger cut his face off and feed it to dogs so there's another level of eating um <laughs> and of course the whole the, the the ending is in the movies then from the book but uh, the ending of, of the film does involve uh, Hannibal uh, serving a Justice Department functionary's brain to the functionary um, and then uh, jetting off at the end um, with a, a, a takeaway of uh, finely cooked brain and uh, and the fixins. So it's, you know, it, it's just it's, it's crazy. This movie is crazy. Um, it lacks any of the subtlety of silence of the lambs but uh it's out there it goes for it and uh it's just fun it's a fun movie i enjoy hannibal um and it's probably well no i was gonna say it's the last time we had some like anything even resembling quality with the hannibal franchise but there was the show hannibal too which you know not in a movie obviously but uh the food porn in the hannibal series was glorious and uh that's what i understand i haven't watched it yet but uh, oh my certainly goodness. heard <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's that's what you uh watched the hannibal series for was the inventive uh murders and the incredible uh dining scenes so um but again tv series not movie so uh hannibal lands on this list uh so let's get to number twos yeah, so um, we're, we're we're staying in France, um, mm-hmm. but uh, we're moving to a movie that actually shows more uh, food, <laughs> less <laughs> less killing, more food, nice. uh, and that's uh, Chocolat, mm-hmm. which stars uh, Juliette Binoche and um, Dame Judi Dench and Carrie Ann Moss and Alfred Molina, and the list goes on and on. Um, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately for some, also stars Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. I won't judge what <laughs> any individual thinks of that person, but um, yeah. So uh, this, oh my gosh, this film just—you can't watch it without immediately <laughs> wanting to eat everything chocolate everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. 
it's just delicious. And to start putting chocolate into everything, um, which I think a lot more foods deserve to have chocolate in them. I actually uh, have some chili in my freezer that I made a couple weeks ago that has cocoa powder in it because chocolate makes everything better. Um, when I saw this film... Uh, you can't see which- my face right now, but yeah. <laughs> Are you thinking about cocoa in, in chili? I how am. how delicious it is? Yeah. N- not yeah. the second thing. <laughs> well, but go, but go on. <laughs> I'm just going to say that you are wrong, and right. I'd be happy to prove you wrong. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there's a whole, there's a whole like mole. It's a whole meal of a whole sauce all about cocoa powder, and it's delicious. The Mexicans know how to do chocolate too. Okay, <laughs> everybody apparently except Adam and or North Americans. Hard to say. Wow. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so this film, of course, Juliette Binoche's character and her young daughter um, come into town, a small town. This feels like a like a sort of 40s or 50s, like post-World War again um, era where people are very sort of repressed. Uh, they follow the church. It's, you know, everyone just sort of is trying to get by. Um, clearly, Europe went through some stuff in the... Mm. 30s and 40s i'm not sure if everyone remembers but uh (laughs) it's um you know some people really i guess kind of you know looked to uh god and maybe their community to try to sort of get over it and this is what's happened in this small town is that everybody is really uh yeah repressed and this single woman who is a mother comes into town which is odd enough in that time um she always wears red or pinks and big bright colors and sometimes some bold prints which just like pop against the entire like landscape every single person is in black or navy or gray and the whole town is just kind of um it looks like a post-war europe you know everything's a little drab and here she comes and she's opening a chocolate shop uh right before lent uh, which does not go over very well with the Catholics or with the mayor or with the uptight um, daughter of the of Juliette Binoche's character, the um, her landlady. So uh, this is kind of a love story too, in a lot of ways, <laughs> like delicatessen, where this woman comes in town and she sort of introduces everybody or reintroduces everybody maybe to like the pleasures of life um, through chocolate and really helps them sort of open up and understand that life doesn't have to be hard. You can actually find pleasure. You can share it with other people, um, even during bad times. And then on the other hand, she also has to learn as well because she's just constantly moving uh, from place to place because Mm-hmm. presumably she's unhappy in her own way just in a very different way and somehow uh this this town and um and her give each other what they need and so mm-hmm. there you go plus i saw this movie and man she makes this hot chocolate with a little bit of <laughs> chili um like a chili powder and i just i oh I was like, that's it. I'm never having hot chocolate again without chili and maybe some cinnamon in it and 
Also, will change your life, much like putting cocoa into chili. <laughs> All right. Um, my pick is very similar. It is about someone who travels a lot and uh, opens up a business. Um, it is perhaps not as uh, life-affirming as Chocolat. It is based on a true story, though. It is called The Founder. And it is about, essentially, the creation of the McDonald's chain. Uh, this was part of the uh, Keaton Assance a couple years ago after Birdman and Spotlight. Mm-hmm. Uh, the great Michael Keaton comeback. Not that he ever really went anywhere, of course. But uh, it is about Ray Kroc, who did not create McDonald's, uh, at least as uh, the 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 story tells it. He did, however exploit the two brothers who uh, had a business, a a burger business uh, called McDonald's and uh, turned it into a global billion dollar phenomenon, um, stepping on the actual brothers who who created the business to begin with and and nearly wiping them out. And uh, if I remember correctly, giving one of them a heart attack in the process. Um, But yeah, it's, it's an interesting story. I mean, it's it's incredibly well acted, and you know, the the cast there there is Michael Keaton, um, Nick Offerman, and John Carroll Lynch uh, play the McDonald brothers. Uh, Linda Cardellini, B.J. Novak, Laura Dern are also in this. Um, so it's it's just a great cast, but it, it's also a great American story in that it's about something that is well known um, that has this kind of facade to it uh this kind of like oh it's just a simple place with simple food that the whole family can enjoy and it turns out it's uh behind it there was this like huckster of a con artist who was a milkshake salesman and who walks into um this mcdonald's restaurant one day in the 1950s and he likes the cut of their jib and he thinks he can turn it into a big business and he um you know, betrays his own family in the process because he's mortgaging his house and he's betraying the brothers who entrusted this, you know, this this business that they they built uh, through blood, sweat, and tears and um, following their own aesthetic. It get very similar to the menu in, a, in, a, in some similar ways about how, uh, I guess, this corrupting power of, of trying to give people a good food experience <laughs> and, and now... Um, it, it draws in people with visions of of becoming rich off of the in, you know the indulgences of of just feeding people. Um, but yeah, Michael Keaton is great. Uh, very very slick. Uh, I like the two. You know, John Carroll Lynch is uh, an undersung hero, uh, acting hero. He's just he's a ten in everything he's in, even when he's doing something. Um. Like playing the security guard in at the jail and face off, he's he's he he gives her every time and um, Nick Offerman as well is is such a great actor and and just the the whole going behind this you know this innocent McDonald's fronted by a clown and a purple thing and come in for your milkshakes and your hamburgers and your fries it's it's all perfectly innocent and it's it's really not a, a guy you know. Took, took took advantage of two people who were just like working class guys and 
pounded them underfoot and turned their thing and their ideas and their recipes into this global, this like rubber stamp thing that you can, every McDonald's on every corner is exactly the same. And it's, it's kind of a sad story in a lot of ways. And I feel also maybe the story of America in a lot of ways too. Hucksters turning something nice and, uh, you know, stealing it from good, hardworking people and turning it into something so bland and ordinary and <laughs> passive. Yeah, it's, it's the American dream. <laughs> it's the American dream. Yeah. So that's the founder. Um, sort of like Chocolat, but not really. Anyway, <laughs> I'm uh, now I'm curious about what your number three is. Yeah. So my last film, um, as I was originally looking at this, I was like, okay, well. It has to be Big Night, except mm-hmm. that oh. I had never seen Big Night, oh. which is shocking. Shocking to me, shocking to other people. For whatever reason, um, what it had become, uh, there's this thing that a, a podcast I listen to about books calls these things mashed potato books, mm-hmm. where you're setting it aside because you want to read it like at the right time like right. it's got you got to be in the right mood and that's what big night the movie had become for me like every time i thought about watching it i was like no but i have to be like you know here because it's such a f- fabulous movie everybody i know raised about it people tell me how great it was i worked in a, a butcher shop where literally <laughs> like everything referred back to big night and so i'd never ever seen it because i'd never had the like okay i'm like in the place and i'm ready Mm-hmm. So I did watch it last night and I want to put it on the list, but I'm not going to because it feels insincere since I only watched <laughs> it for the first time last night, but it was very good and I've rented <gasps> it and I only have it for 48 hours. So I'm probably going to watch it again later today. So instead I went with the other sort of natural one for me, which is uh, the movie Waitress mm-hmm. with Carrie Russell and Nathan Fillion. And yes, all three of my films are all food romance movies mm-hmm. with the side of horror or sci-fi or post-apocalypse, whatever in there. Um, <laughs> but Waitress, oh my gosh, it's just, it's, it's uh, again, similar to the menu. It's one of those movies where we actually get to see the pies. So Carrie Russell's character, Jenna, works at a diner. And she makes pies and she just makes these incredible pies and she makes up weird names and weird combinations. And so the pies are telling the story like of her life, her sort of narrative and how she feels, mm-hmm. which which does play out again in the menu because the menu, it's all like, it's a narrative. You got to tell a story with the menu. Um, so we get to see all these pies and then we get to see all this you know her making them and there's all these beautiful scenes about that and people talking about how good the pies are um but also it's just it's it's a really great film about this woman who is just stuck in an Mm. unhappy marriage potentially unsafe marriage who Mm -hmm. accidentally gets pregnant with her husband and just realizes that now she's even more stuck and what is she going to do with everything? And so this is sort of the story of the of her pregnancy. Um, Nathan Fillion plays her gynecologist, who objectively is not a good person because he's her doctor and yet starts an affair with her. But <laughs> <laughs> but it's done in such a way that you can never really 
be mad at either of these two characters for what's happening because it's clear that they both need each other for certain reasons at that time um but it's just sort of this really like kind of heartbreaking um real story about a, a woman trying to figure out like how to get how to get somewhere where she can be happy and she can be herself and she can do all these things and sort of the people in her life who are either trying to help her get there or who are keeping her tied down mm. all with these amazing pie scenes which are so good there's so many like chocolate pies <laughs> and key lime pies and straws they describe this like um chocolate uh, andy griffiths is in this as well as the mm -hmm. owner of the diner and he's got this great scene where he says he really wants her this one pie she makes this strawberry chocolate pie and she makes it every wednesday and he wakes up in the morning <laughs> thinking about how he gets to go and have a piece of the pie and then describes like the layers of flavor and it's just this like scene it's so good mm -hmm. and then of course this film on, on top of just being a very good film is actually also um sort of tainted with sadness as well because the writer and director adrian shelley this was kind of it wasn't really her first film she she'd done some other things but this was really like her first feature length film that that mm. she had made um and she was unfortunately uh killed before it was released mm -hmm. um and it's just it's kind of shocking but that's that's where we are with with her story um, and then, of course, the the film has also become now a Broadway musical, which I have not seen and I have not heard any of the songs from it, but I understand it's pretty fun. <laughs> uh, no, me neither. But yeah, Waitress is 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 a good pick because I remember seeing that on the big screen in 07 and or like 06. When did it come out? 07? Yeah, 07. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, it it's a great pick. And I forgot Andy Griffith was in it. But yeah, no, that's, that's a good role for him. Because I remember the sad story about the director, um, Adrian Shelley, passing away before mm -hmm. the, the movie's release. But I forgot Andy Griffith was in it. Um, and he's really good. Uh, it's a really great Andy Griffith role. Um, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it seemed kind of tailor-made for him. Um, uh, and it likely was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Um, like when Angela Lansbury turns up in the Mary Poppins sequel. Um <laughs> Okay, here's another obvious one that I'm surprised you didn't pick. Um, it is Ratatouille, which uh, is the the Pixar Disney Pixar movie directed by Brad Bird. It was his follow up to The Incredibles, and it, again, a lot in common with the menu. It is about uh, cooking as all lost art and and uh, cooking. You know, the idea of home cooking and and sort of these comfort foods and. Um, you know how cooking you know at a certain level is is seen as you know sort of the pinnacle everyone's trying to get to the top of the cooking uh the restaurant business only to like end up horribly miserable by trying to constantly top every other dish and of course the the, the title ratatouille is a play on the fact that the main character is a rat who can is, is an incredible cook um, but also the fact that ratatouille is sort of this dish, this sort of traditional French dish that, you know, every person who who cooks in France probably has some variation of ratatouille in their arsenal. And of course, um, the 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 film comes down to 
this critic, this famous critic who <laughs> I believe it's implied. I don't think it's like said out loud that he literally drove the restaurant's owner to um, to dying by suicide. Um, <laughs> but so kind of dark. But this this major critic critic who, who's, of course, named Anton Eco um, comes in and is blown away by the ratatouille. Again, the simple French dish um, that's able it's to peasant food. It's pe- yes, ex- thank you, peasant food, and that may be a theme we come to see again <laughs> in the menu. Um, but I mean, it's a great voice cast because you got Patton Oswalt as the voice of Remy, who's the rat, and yeah, Brad Garrett in there, and Peter O'Toole as the voice of Anton Egon. I will say this: most of the time, when you see a critic turn up in a movie, it is like the Mayor Ebert gag in the Godzilla movie, where it's like, yeah, we're gonna take this critic and punch him out and make him look like an idiot um but here it you know the critic is seen as someone who also needs to occasionally be reminded that you know food is for eating not for writing incredibly florid you know quasi poetry about in a in a review (laughs) and uh you know the simple pleasures and and all of that and anyone can be a cook great message you know cooking is not reserved for you know again one of the things i see you know, when the, the ads for all these cooking shows is people yelling at people. And mm-hmm. it's like, why would you want to be a cook? Why would you want to go into a professional kitchen if some guy was just going to scream at you? And I feel like that's, I feel like Brad Bird is kind of processing that through this movie too. <laughs> that, mm-hmm. you know, in the early aughts when cooking shows were kind of on the rise, that, you know, he's kind of seeing that and seeing the, uh, uh, what's the name of that guy, the screaming guy? <laughs> Uh, Gordon Ramsay. Ramsay, thank you. Um, you know, see, seeing that that doesn't really make isn't really an gently encouraging experience in quite the same way Ratatouille is, and yeah. yeah. So um, that's you know easy enough to find. It's there on Disney Plus, right next to well, probably not, but maybe it should be. Maybe one of those like um, th- those curated <laughs> a, categories. A double header. <laughs> a double header. Yes. Um, with the menu, which is also on Disney Plus, and we're going to review that next. You are listening to End Credits here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. Don't you make me repeat it. Have a banana, have a whole bunch. It doesn't matter what you had for lunch. Just eat it, eat it, eat it, eat it. Eat it, eat it, eat it, eat it. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Hawthorne. I'm Julian Slowick, and tonight it'll be our pleasure to feed you. The curtain rises. Over the next few hours, you will ingest fat, salt, sugar, protein, bacteria, fungi, various plants and animals, and at times entire ecosystems. 
I have to beg of you one thing. It's just one. Do not eat. Taste. Savor. Relish. Consider every morsel that you place inside your mouth. Be mindful. But do not eat. And that was a clip from The Menu. It is the new film from Mark Mylod, and it stars Ray Fiennes, Anya Taylor-Joy, Nicholas Holt, Hong Chow, Jenna McTeer, Paul Adelstein, Judith Light, and John Leguizamo, um, who I realized when I was just like flipping through the computer here for a second, uh, he was also in John Favreau's Chef, which was another movie about food trucks um, and eating and uh, cooking and abandoning the high-end restaurant business. But we're here to talk about the menu, um, which came out uh, in theaters last fall. I think it was pretty well received. Um, but like a lot of uh, sort of these smaller films, unfortunately, over overlooked, and uh, I'm I'm now embarrassed to say I'm one of the people who overlooked it. That <laughs> didn't go to the theater yeah. to see it. <laughs> well, and I think a lot of people assumed that it was a um, either one of two things or a combination of like the hunt, where you know mm. the rich people are are literally hunting the the. Um, Republicans will say, and mm-hmm. tables get turned. Mm-hmm. So they thought maybe that was what was happening here, or that it was about cannibalism. And it's actually neither of those things. So I think people kind of went, ah, I don't want to see a movie about cannibalism. Obviously, they're eating people. I don't need to see that. <laughs> um, but I also don't know how how you um, market it without expressly saying it's not about that because that's part of the part of the thing is that you're kind of like the whole time you're like what is going on here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I, I i my feeling is we're going to drift into spoiler territory so just if, if you uh want to go in to this unsullied um just be advised as as we're kind of going along talking about this because it, it is I, I saw the trailer. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 it was in the back of my head as like, are they like cooking people to serve to other people? Um, and I wasn't a hundred percent, I wasn't a hundred percent sure to go with that assumption. I wasn't a hundred percent sure what to make of it from the trailer, but I will confess, um, that worked. And cause there's like this incredible sense of dread through, mm-hmm. <laughs> through the first like 30 40 45 minutes where they're at the restaurant and you see how not literally deathly serious but deathly serious this is all taken um it, it's it's kind of culty the way this kitchen is run with this chef um played mm-hmm. by ray fines and when he comes out and he claps his hands and they all stand at attention and he delivers this soliloquy about what this course means and where it came from um it's just like yeah you're you're kind of on the edge of your seat going where are you going with this movie where are you going with this movie when just like i'm dying i'm dying here waiting for the the knife to twist yeah yeah um i so i saw this movie on december 31st Mm -hmm. and then i watched it again one week later and then i watched it again yesterday because that's how much i love this movie and mm. if I had seen it before December 31st, before we recorded <laughs> our best of the year, this would have been on it probably pretty high. Because mm. uh, I 
love this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first time I saw it, like, I'll agree, like, the the sort of, like, tension is you're going, okay, what's going on? What's going on? Um, it was definitely there, but that just made it all the funnier for me. Yeah, it makes it funny. this film is hilarious, particularly mm-hmm. if you've ever sort of worked in the food industry or been around sort of foodies. And <laughs> um, what what I love about this is that in a lot of ways, nothing here is exaggerated. I mean, it's the best yeah. kind of satire where you yeah. just put the literal words in someone's mouth and and there you go. I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. they satirize it without changing a single thing about this world of mm. like elite foodieism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's there is some degree of social commentary in this, and that was pretty straightforward. What 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 makes this particularly savage isn't the any any of the social commentary um, about like the wealthy. It's the it's the commentary about the customer class when you know the <laughs> when they when they're talking about like there's one line where the chef is talking about um his his investor the investor in his restaurant he's talking about he's always wanting substitutions and <laughs> <laughs> yes there are no substitutions there are no substitutions at Hawthorne um you know the scene where the guy you know the guy's like trying to take it back and he's arguing with, with um Hong Chao the, the the I guess she's the um the not the like concierge the major d thank you yeah. yes um and she's like very strict but very polite at the same time it, it is it is so hilarious it's just like yeah. these and it's not just like restaurant workers i think i think anyone who's worked in service industry sort of recognizes the cues um you know the the customer who knows more than you and which is sort of embodied this Nic- nicholas holt character who yeah. has has something to say about every dish and even as the chef is talking um it, it and then yeah, he's mansplaining it to he's mansplaining his, his date, Anya t- right. Taylor-Joy. <laughs> I, I really love, like, you get to see hints of that early on when mm. he goes over, right as they arrive, he goes over to look at the the chefs because it's all an open kitchen. Mm-hmm. And he goes over to, to watch what they're doing and he's describing it to his date. And, um, <laughs> you know, the the chef or sous chef who's there is... Yes, that's right. And yes, we are doing this. And refers to him by name, um, Loudon. I think he says Mr. Loudon. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, you know my name? And the, the sous chef's like, yes, we know everybody who dines with us. And then they start to go back to their seat. And um, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy's character of uh, Margot <laughs> says, you know, he Nicholas Holt Tyler says, oh, he knew my name. And she says, I noticed you didn't ask his name. And yes. he just goes, well, yeah, you know. <laughs> and that's that's the end of his sentence. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. that says just so much. And she's so great. And uh, interestingly, before I watched this, the night before, I was watch- I was watching Split again, and she she's like she's really great because she she's able to play cool so well, and she's playing cool so well, and in much of the first part of the menu where she's inc- and this may have to do with this, the reveal about her and why she's there and who she is. But she's just incredibly unimpressed with all of this. 
<laughs> yeah yeah yes the whole when the when um so ray fines of course plays the chef mm-hmm. slowick and he comes i loved their interaction when he's like you haven't touched your food and she says there is no food which i i love because i've always been a movie you may have figured that out earlier when mm-hmm. i even talked about owning my own food store and working in it like a specialty gourmet butcher shop and like i spent 20 plus years in the food industry mm-hmm. and um i subscribed to gourmet magazine and bon appetit magazine and saveur <laughs> magazine and i listened to i still listen to probably about six regular food podcasts like food is a big deal to me and um i have always like this whole oh the foams the whatever <laughs> it's called mic micro gastro mm-hmm. whatever gastronomic biology i don't know what it is it's oh molecular gastronomy is what they call it yeah where it's not food it's the the molecules of food Mm -hmm. turned into a foam i'm like what is going on here and she just continues to point out like this isn't food Mm -hmm. like we were served um a, a frothy beverage that was supposed to evoke oysters and we had this like <laughs> you know tray of dips mm-hmm. and no bread just the no dips. bread no bread and like <laughs> a rock with one scallop on it and like three pieces of seaweed it's like mm-hmm. this is not it's not food <laughs> and so <laughs> i just i i yeah i was just so there for her character <laughs> because even though she was like she's not really into food she also was just like it's not that i'm not into food i'm just not into whatever this is which is not about food it's about something else entirely right it's like the joke from the simpsons about you know when lisa's listening to the jazz music and she says you have to listen to the notes he's not playing which (laughs) is just one of the most pretentious things you ever (laughs) could ever say about you know uh, about music but yeah it's 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 this really is like you got to think about the meal you're not having um yes especially bread you're not having (laughs) the bread thing and it's it's such it's such a send-up of like a lot of this culture where it's like you know bread without bread you know it's meant to sound like ooh, it's so intelligent so and it you know plays into kind of the 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 horse pucky that a lot of all these other customers are playing into too. You have like the, the financial bros who, you know, are, are doing it as like a status thing. And, you know, like, Oh, look at where we eat. And it's the same thing with the movie star played by John Leguizamo. Who's like walking around going like, Oh yeah, I know the chef when he clearly doesn't know the chef. And um, the, the older couple who, you know, are, are there uh, apparently have been to this restaurant, which is, I think, I think Holt's 1250 per, 12, per, table like or yeah. per person per night so yeah twenty five hundred dollars yeah yeah um and and <laughs> there's a great confrontation with the chef later on he's like my beloved regulars can you tell me the name of one dish that you eat here last time and they can't because it's all about the status um and it's all about the the name dropping and you know it, it's not about the experience because he comes out and has these lavish stories about the dish and the allegory of it and the origin and who their suppliers are. And um, it, it's all background noise to these people who, you know, he's making these um, these incredibly sophisticated dishes 
for people who have no capacity to understand it and frankly have no desire to understand it and you 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 understand very quickly why this man has gone mad <laughs> yes yes yeah <laughs> but it's great ray fines is great ray fines is so undervalued as like a comedic actor Mm-hmm. Um, as, like like playing a regular guy. I do love. I I saw one person say this online that it was nice to see Voldemort leading a cult again. But <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 you know he's he's so, he's so kind of entrenched in these roles where he plays the bad guy and I I you know going all the way back to Schindler's List where he's like the commandant of the of um, Warsaw and you know it's just he he's an incredibly down to earth guy when he's given. Uh, sort of great roles to to work with, and, and I love just how how flummoxed he is by the presence of this woman he wasn't expecting, the Marco character, and trying to figure out what to do, what, you know, how he how she fits into his grand meticulous plan. Um, you know, he's so acerbic, but you know, he he's rational, but you can also see the craziness in his eyes at certain times. It's it's a, it's a wonderfully like little nuanced performance and again you know it just ray finds um playing like just a regular guy at the end of his rope it's it, it was kind of beautiful to watch yeah my um my my two favorite moments mm-hmm. um of his acting so it's funny you say sort of the regular guy because he's clearly not the regular guy right he's mm-hmm. a head chef he's gotten here through obviously a lot of work he's got to be very intelligent he has a hint of a an accent but it's not entirely clear what it is mm-hmm. and his name is Julian Slowick like that's not really a sort of like Mm-hmm. Uh, midwestern name it sounds um, made up yeah yeah but yet at one point he's telling the story of of the dish and he says you know when i was a child growing up in iowa mm-hmm. like, this guy does not come from iowa and then of course he talks about like how they had tacos every tuesday and the way he said and like kind of shook <laughs> his head taco tuesday <laughs> i just i i Every time I see it, I just laugh so hard. I was like, "Oh my god!" Can I hear Ray Fine say Taco Tuesday a few more times because this is great. What's you know, interesting, Oscar what, winner Ray Fine's Taco Tuesday. What's interesting though is I think he tells Margot later on that he's he was like an immigrant. I can't remember the exact line, but you know he's living. A, mm-hmm. He seems to be living a couple of different origin stories, and of course, like there's the ultimate origin story that Margot discovers in his his personal quarters later. That yeah. seems to betray the one he tells her, and seems more slide to the one he's he's explaining to. You. But again, yeah, you're right. It, it, there's again, there's something of the charlatan. You know, we're going going back to the founder. It's you know, it's not just enough to present food as as it is something to be enjoyed there there is a whole story behind it even the guy who runs the kitchen and runs the restaurant he's living a story that's not necessarily a true story either um yeah it's it's interesting we see that Mm. true story in the other moment that i loved of his acting Mm. when um uh, margo uh asks him to make her a burger Mm-hmm. And so there's so much in this whole sort of scene, actually, but particularly at the moment towards the end of it. But there's a whole scene after she um, sort of says, like, I'm hungry and your food is not made with any love and mm. I want something good. And 
she says a, a cheeseburger and you can see like his face just changes mm-hmm. and he becomes sort of a real person right who just all he wants to do is just make someone something that they're going to enjoy mm. and um get into spoiler territory right now especially but when she <laughs> asks him at the end of of you know when he serves her the cheeseburger and she says this is great can i get the rest of this to go mm-hmm. we just see his face mm-hmm. as he thinks about the whole he thinks about all of it and his face there's just so much face acting going on there so mm-hmm. many things you can see going on in his mind mm-hmm. about like what what is going on what is he going to do and it's just like man and especially at that moment i think especially you get the he is just a regular guy who mm. wants something and thought that he was getting it and then realized that he was not and is unhappy and just wants that 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 validation that we all really want hopefully we don't all have to achieve it this way um but there's a there's a turn at one point um as he's sort of laying it all out and it's become clear to everybody that they're dying that night because he he says like we're all gonna die tonight and it's a joke at first but as the meal continues it's it's very clear that he has this meticulous plan to kill everyone on the island (laughs) And, (laughs) and there's a point where he's berating the nicholas holt character um for like having this aesthetic of being this foodie and like being able to taste the the different ingredients and he can't cook or the damn in the kitchen he's just berating him and there's, there's a turn at this point where you can see he's even fed up with zone like master plan to ever end everything it's just like there's no surprise everything's gone according to plan and there's one point where he says to the, to the diners he's like none of you have tried to escape you all yeah. could team up and you could probably overpower us and you could probably all get out of here but none of you have tried and it is it is so it's such a great point because they've all just sat there and taped it but he's looking for genuine surprise and and it, even in the midst of this like his grand finale he's just so sick of the not surprise and i was on i was literally on the edge of my seat watching this final scene when she orders the cheeseburger i'm like because it's I'm, I'm watching the clock kick down and i'm like how is she going to get out of this because it'd be kind of bad that anya taylor joy who was never supposed to be here today um <laughs> yeah i wasn't even supposed to be here today <laughs> um you know is 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 like how does she get out of this and then she, you see her wheels turn and it clicks and she calls out the food and says she just wants a cheeseburger and you see and that that turn on his face and then when she asks to leave uh to get the food to go and you see his wheels turning he's like well i don't like yeah i just kind of promised to kill everybody yeah. <laughs> And I was, I was on the, I was, I was standing at that point. Actually, I was like, "Is he gonna do it? Is he gonna let her go? Is like, has she broken through this facade of perfectly ordered madness?" And oh, it just, I loved it. I loved and, it. And well, because the thing is, is that he can now mm-hmm. die happy. He mm-hmm. has yes. actually <laughs> achieved what he wanted to achieve. And I love all of the other diners who just watch her go and in some cases actually like 
prompt her to go like oh you should that. go like you don't belong here because all of the rest of them have accepted and they accept- I- they did accept very quickly right like yeah okay you know what yeah we are bad people um i don't think any of them but some are questionable but i don't think most of them are bad people yeah but they've just fallen into these these lives and these characters and these caricatures where it's just like yeah like is my life even worth saving i don't i don't know yeah right like the older couple are just they've lost their daughter and they've got nothing to live for which is why they just keep coming to this restaurant because they got money to burn (laughs) um i love the little shoe judith light gives 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 her yeah at the end. it's it's so beautiful and i mean l- let's be honest like chef slow looks a little hard on s'mores at the end but uh, <laughs> i disagree i think he is spot on okay i've okay. never heard a better description of a s'more <laughs> which i will never eat i do however eat marshmallows i'll have like one at a campfire um but yeah <laughs> The, the most offensive assault on the human platter ever contrived, though. Yeah, and absolutely. Has he never I've, heard of the cronut? <clears throat> I think I think it's not just because of that. It's also <laughs> because it's because of what people. It's the everybody associates the s'more with innocence and with childhood and with summer, and it's crap. It's crap food. I get it. Right. I will not kill all of my diners in a you know flame one day but there are times like when i had my store Mm -hmm. the number of times that people would tell me have you tried putting more salt in your food i'm like uh no because i put flavor in the food (laughs) sorry like i don't know what to tell you and then the other people who are like you know this isn't really a a serving size of meat for four and i'm like actually it definitely is because each slice is four ounces and that's what you should be eating in fact that's at the higher end of what you should be eating in a serving of meat you should be eating two to four ounces you got four ounces okay i'm 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 hitting the panic button here (laughs) um (laughs) we're getting up to wrap up the show before candace decides to blow us all up um but we hope you like this show. I'm not in the food industry anymore. It's fine. Those days are behind me. Well, good good thing for everybody. Uh, we hope you like the show. You can listen to it again on our website on endcreditsradioshow.com. You can find it through the Guelph Politicast channel every Friday on Podbean or through your favorite podcast app at Apple, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify. And speaking of Spotify, you can find the playlist for much of the music that you hear in end credits. You can just open up Spotify and search for end credits on CFRU in the search bar. You can find us on social media on Facebook at End Credits Radio Show and on Twitter at End Credits Radio. And Candice, where can people find you on the internets? Uh, I am everywhere on the internets at sin48, C-I-N-N-4-8. Um, as usual, you can find my Letterboxd. Um, I, I, I just, everybody should be on Letterboxd. If you like listening to the show, it means you, you're into movies, therefore you should be on Letterboxd. So do it. And I won't even blow you up in a s'mores accident. Wow. Can't that's that's a guarantee you can take to the bank, folks. I will be back here on CFRU. Well, next week, unfortunately, uh, Open Sources has the week off because of special event programming here on CFRU. 
Um, but in the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam A. Donaldson, or you can check out my news and politics site at GuelphPolitico.ca. And you can stay tuned for more great programming here on CFRU. 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. We shall return next Wednesday at 3 p.m. for more end credits, and we will see you then. Thank you.